everybody, Billy Rainford here again from Direct Motocross. Uh, this Zoom video interview is going to be brought to you by Scott Sports, uh, Mika Sport Canada, the Canadian distributors. We're going to try something a little different today because uh, I know tons of people are at home wondering what the heck they can do, how they can get ready. I mean, we do have a season coming up eventually. Uh, you know, where should you be in your training? What should you be doing on bike, off bike, all that kind of stuff, not knowing when we're going to start exactly. So it's a bit of a different situation this uh, season. So I thought it'd be cool. We got uh, Jonathan Mascola here. He's from uh, Montreal. He's a trainer. He's trained a lot of people that you'll know and currently training people you'll know. So uh, Jonathan, man, I thank you very much for uh, joining us today. Yes, thank you. My pleasure. Now it looks like you might be, uh, what's going on there? You look like you might be in your garage. I guess coronavirus is doing something. Yeah, exactly. We're uh, just reestablished all the equipment in my uh, home garage and uh, mostly doing virtual training and online. I uh, was already training a lot of riders online before, but now uh, integrated a lot of uh, groups online, classes, uh, everything like that. So even more now. So, you know, no, it's interesting. And, you know, watching the news, I mean, it's nonstop coronavirus news, but there now people are learning that they can do an awful lot of the stuff that they were going into offices for and doing things you're probably going to just blossom into more virtual and online training out of all this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's been very effective, uh, even probably more effective for some people than it's been going to the gym and all that because uh, they're in the comfort of their own home and uh, with some, even with a couple weights or uh, some body weight exercise, they get as effective workouts uh, as being in the gym for sure. Cool, man. Okay. Well, a lot of people are going to recognize the names of some of the people that you train there in Quebec and everything and, and across the country yep. and stuff. But uh, let's maybe people don't know you specifically. Um, let's, let's talk about your history. Where did you grow up and uh, how did you get into this whole sport of motocross? Yes. So I'm originally out of Montreal and uh, I, I, I've raced for about seven years. I started riding bikes at around 10 years old and uh i've i've stopped racing uh after a few injuries and all that but i've always had a passion for training and all that and um i did a bachelor's degree in uh, kinesiology which is uh, specialized in human movement and uh, now i've been training writers uh, ever since i started training people so a lot of experience a lot of pro writers uh, i've even followed uh, kevin benoit for a while uh, Tim Trombley a little bit, uh, Snowcross Riders, Max Tyfire, uh, a couple of pros right now like uh, Jeremy McKay, uh, Ev Brother, a lot of big names. Okay, yeah, well, for sure, I wanted to get to some of those people there. I, obviously, I was kind of lurking you there on uh, Instagram, and I saw Kevin and Ev and uh, Jeremy, and uh, we did a funny little uh, thing between with uh, Jeremy and uh, Thomas Rendell. They kind of went head-to-head. -head. We had a little bit of a, a funny uh, interview with those guys. So that was kind of fun, but uh, okay, now... So you grew up in Montreal. Uh, how old are you, by the way? Uh, I'm 35 right now. So, uh, okay, I've, so uh, I've raced for like seven years. I stopped around 25, uh, raced up to intermediate, uh, which is like semi-pro. And uh, now I just specialize in training mostly. Okay, cool, man. So being that age, who were, and from Quebec, who was your, uh, your motocross idol or idols back in the day? Who'd you look up to? Uh, Yes, so uh, back in the days, uh, Jean-Sébastien Roy and Marco Dubé used to practice with those guys, uh, especially Marco also, and uh, used to write a lot with Kevin Gregoire also back then. Okay, okay. Now, who over the, um, I don't know, kind of over the years, these guys back then was, I guess, well, JSR was certainly a hard trainer and stuff like that. When in Canada, I know everybody looks back in the States at guys, I mean, even guys like, uh, you know, back in the 80s with uh, guys like, um, you know, all the top dudes like Ricky Johnson, Johnny O'Meara, those guys were hard trainers. 
but everybody kind of credits Ricky Carmichael for taking it to that next level of if you don't do if you don't train like a maniac you're just not going to succeed is there someone in Canada that did that or uh, would you say it was something like back in those days what do you think yeah with uh, internet now and social media we get access to like a lot of riders trainings and the way they prepare for uh, motocross season and all that and uh, we get inspired by that a lot so it's a lot of influence from the states uh, even from Europe uh, also but uh, even like Ricky Carmichael used to, to train like crazy at another level so I think that got it going really yeah it's kind of funny too because I mean you look at um, you know you look at somebody if they weren't training hard you can kind of see what they're I mean there's definitely a science to body type I mean certain people are fighting genetics and all that kind of stuff so there are certain like I, I could never put weight on and other people have to fight to get it off and Anyway, one problem is just as bad as the other of people, so it's not always fun and games when you're skinny. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so what's, uh, let's, let's talk a bit about, um, you know, kind of moto-specific training and what we're doing. I mean, there's all kinds of ideas. I mean, you, got, you look at half these guys, a lot of them could be professional cyclists by now, right? I mean, we do so much cycling and stuff. But uh, what do you do when you grab someone and say, okay, you need to start training? What, uh, what do you do with them? Yeah, so uh, being online right now, it's uh, the most effective is doing assessments uh, online. So we go with some uh, a little bit of functional movement screening that we call. So we do video assessments of all riders to start off. Uh, we test all basic movements to see uh, like a little bit their movement patterns, uh, muscle stiffness, uh, what's strong, what's not. A couple of strength tests, and uh, then we go from there. Okay. Uh Hey, over the years, who would you say was the fittest person you've ever seen? Um, the fittest person would be, uh, well, Kevin Benoit is pretty hard to, to beat to, on that level, that's for sure. Put in a lot of time in training, too. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, you look at the top guys, it's no surprise that you'd name a top rider that would be one of the fittest guys. So that's, uh, that makes sense. I always, I always joke about a story like back when I was in high school, we went to grade 13 back then. I was in grade 13, racing dirt bikes hated running, hated all the training and stuff. And we had someone come into our biology class and do tests on us. And when he tested me, he said, oh my God, you must be a marathon runner or do you do tons of running or cycling? I said, no, I don't do any running or any cycling. I race motocross. And he just, he was, couldn't believe it. Like my heart rate was so low and the body fat, you know, so it's, it's kind of cool. And, and what I always say is at a younger age, you can get away with just riding a lot. But uh, when you hit like, I don't know, 18, 19 years old, you know the youthful exuberance and you really need to get serious about training so what do you i guess it's about when you're younger creating good habits to help right so what uh how young do you grab someone and what do you kind of how do you base that yeah exactly so uh concern with writers even around I've, I've trained writers that are like maybe 10 or 12 years old so that's probably the youngest age uh, that i've trained uh, some writers but uh People can start weight training or uh, cardiovascular training even uh, even younger, but uh, it, sh it starts really showing results uh, when you do a lot of frequency and all that. But as you get older too, uh, it's harder to keep a, a higher conditioning level and all that. And when you're younger, it's a little bit easier because you're more active. Uh, you also weigh less, so your body is like less taxing on oxygen and all that. So you can get away with it a little bit easier. Right now, I know there's a lot of people that – Sean Moffenbeier always used to joke because I was – He'd always say, I'm not after show muscles. Like, you don't want to get too big. What, uh, like, you, how, how much do you base on, like, uh, you know, weight training versus off bike, I mean, on bike versus cycling, running, and all that kind of stuff? Like, you don't want to be too, too big. No, exactly. You don't want any riders to be uh, too bulky or uh, just even just getting the upper body too big or even the legs. Uh, 
just want it to be as effective as possible and uh, get the writer as strong as possible also. But there's also a limit to getting too strong or too big. Uh, if some writers are really way too skinny, then they need to gain some muscle for sure. But that's more functional muscle. So not like bodybuilding exercises, but more like a lot of core training. And you need to periodize everything uh, as much as you can before season, in, in season, and uh, after season also. Right. So that's, I want to talk to you about that. Like I say, I've done a, a bunch of this kind of stuff in, in my past and everything uh, in a different sport and stuff. But there's, like you said, there's peaking. There's, uh, you know, you want to do some buildup. You need some base training. The problem with this season is we're not 100% sure when it's going to start. So what, uh, there's people at home right now, they want to go riding, they want to go get fit. What should they be doing? I mean, how do you target, uh, how do you target your fitness right now? Yeah, exactly. So at home right now, people are very limited with equipment. So uh, for strength training, uh, I wouldn't put too much uh, work on that, but we really do a lot of conditioning workouts right now with riders. Uh, circuit style, three to five exercises at a time, even more sometimes. Uh, a lot of interval style for strength, uh, very effective at home. Uh, single leg work is good because it's easier to overload and all that. But uh, also there's a question of not getting too much muscle mass and doing too much volume. Right. So this is what like in what people say, this is putting money in the bank right now. You need to get your, your base up. You need to keep fit. You don't want to be too, too peaked. And then when it comes to the season, that's when you take the money out of the bank and, you, and all your fitness and stuff, right? So right now you're kind of building a base kind of thing. And obviously you're saying intervals and stuff. This doesn't sound like fun for people and it's probably not, but this is the kind, you know, whenever you watch a sporting movie, they always do a time-lapse thing of them getting fit and doing the sprints and the burpees. And, but unfortunately people need to do that stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Conditioning exercises are probably the be the biggest link uh, that people are missing. So uh, it's either like cardiovascular work, like HIIT work, for example. Uh, it could be also balance work, agility, uh, mobility work. But you got to make it all linked together and uh, to be functional on the bike. So that's that's where we bridge the gap in coaching. Right. Okay. So what do you, uh, a lot of people out there, I mean, you look at some people, they look fit muscles obviously don't mean you're fit. So it's uh, it's always something you always have to a conversation, but what's kind of the biggest mistake people would be making right now. So you're at home, you got tons of spare time. Is there something people should avoid doing right now? Yeah, I see a lot of people overtraining right now because uh, they have a little bit too much time. So uh, you go up to like training two, three hours a day, but uh, you have to keep in mind that the body needs to recover to peak. So it's like a wave when you, when you train, you get tired and then you overcompensate with more energy, more strength, all these parameters. But uh, people have to watch out not getting hurt and overtraining and doing the right exercises for themselves. So they have to equilibrate their body, work as much uh, the core, the shoulders, their cardio, but everything in proportion. Right. So people should feel fit right now because they're putting, like I say, the money in the bank to doing the endurance stuff right now and the, and the strength training but they shouldn't, you know, they should wait till they know what the season's going to be. I mean, in a, in a lot of sports, I don't know, you know, a sprinting sport or something like that, it's a little bit different, but motocross, you can kind of carry a certain level of fitness into it and still be, and be fine. But uh, so, you know, take us through something people should be doing. I don't know if you're, you're dressed maybe for it. Do you want to uh, tell, do you feel like uh, showing people maybe some certain things that they should be doing and, and get specific? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, cool. uh, That'd be fun. One thing that, uh, that writers are lacking right now that I see the most is mobility work so uh, active stretching so uh, i can show you a few exercises that i use with a lot of riders for example and uh, like a little circuit that i do like almost every workout 
which is very basic movements, but uh, just to release the hips, uh, the lower back, and uh, the whole body, for example. Oh, man, if you don't mind doing that, it'd be, I think that'd be beneficial for people. Yeah, for sure. Heck, if you got the time, Absolutely. why not? Yeah, so uh, each move, for example, uh, can do 30 seconds each. Uh, it's just basic movements. So always start off uh, with riders stretching their hips, so holding a garland pose, for example, and pushing out the knees with the elbows. Just open up the hips for like 30 seconds. You can hold up to like one minute. Uh, that's a good first move to start off before working out. Hey, let me jump in there. Have you watched that uh, Formula One series on Netflix? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. How about Ricciardo? Ricardo always does that, right? He's always sitting in that position. Yeah, exactly. This, this position is like based from yoga, so it's one of the best stretches uh, you can do every day. You can even do it a few minutes a day and accumulate up to like maybe five minutes total in a day, but it's going to release your hips really well. Okay. Yeah, so second move uh, I like to do a lot is uh, body weight squats. I like overhead because uh, it keeps the spine straight. You keep your legs pretty wide, your knees out, and you always try to push out with your feet so like you're spreading the floor so you activate your glutes, and you try to go as low as possible, and then you come back up with your hips. So this is great to do. Go all the way down, control. And you're always pushing out with the feet and driving up with the hips. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So uh, also other moves uh, that I like to do with riders, you wouldn't believe how tight they are in the adductor muscles, so inner thighs. So this exercise is uh, probably one of the most effective. It's called a Cossack squat. So put your feet really wide and you go side to side as low as possible. And that's really going to open up the hip, inner thigh, hamstrings. So I can do that uh, in your warm-ups also. Hey, you know, it's yes. funny. Like you, you mentioned that about the adductors. I, I didn't realize that specific thing, but I switched from moto to another sport and everything. And the only thing that would stop me in some of the longer events was my adductors would cramp right up and I couldn't even move them. So that's, there's a perfect example. I should have been doing that. Yeah, exactly. A lot of riders have the adductors way too strong. So... The muscles are really tight there, but that's limiting the way their legs are moving. Okay. And it's getting also fatigue, back tightness, all that comes together. And they get more tired on the back or, or more tired in the legs or in the back. And also they eventually getting a, getting a spasm in their back or getting hurt. Man, that's a use. I think I can think of a few riders right now who are going to go, hmm, okay, and myself included. So I'm going to add that certainly into my, into my routine. Yeah, for sure. So like, also, other basic moves, for example, split squats are very effective to stretch out the legs. I like to go really far and go like all the way down, stretch the hip at the bottom, and do really slow reps and just open up the muscle fibers and uh, get them in the right range of motion. Okay, okay. Yes, and uh, other moves, for example, another one that's one of the best back mobility exercises that I can give you is. Uh, Pretty simple, you're gonna lie down on your back and uh, you bring one knee up on the side, turning your hips, and you put your arm here, push down on your knee with your other arm, so you already feel a stretch here in the glute in the lower back, and uh, you do a full rotation back and forth of the spine, and you also lean back and bring your ribcage down at the end with deep breath. So that's really going to open up all the posterior chain. 
Okay, that's interesting because I've always done the move with your arm open, not not bringing it over. So that's interesting to see it actually moving like that. Yeah, this is one of the most effective ones because it really gets like the the lower back and the thoracic spine at the same time. Okay, interesting. Okay. Another Any, move uh, that I want to add also uh, that in the routine, for example, is uh, thoracic mobility moves. So one of the main ones we use for the upper back is uh, get on your hands like this and uh, you can even sit back on a foam roller to make your hips more stable and you go into a rotation like this and you breathe in and you go all the way inside here where your arm is and you come back up. So all those can be done like in a 30 seconds on each side style or 10 to 15 reps, for example. Okay, that's interesting, nice. Okay, I've, I've actually never seen that move. Yeah, this move is, uh, is pretty effective uh, for uh, thoracic spine, but there's a bunch of others uh, also. Okay, that's cool. All right, well, that, that's okay. So that's, uh, there's a few, any, any other ones you wanna add there? Or should we, is that good? Uh, also like, Doing push-ups in your routine to warm up is probably one of the most effective things to do uh, for shoulders. I like doing them off a bench or a couch to warm up, just to really just get the blood flow going, go up and down, wake up your shoulders, all the scapular muscles. Also, if you have a little bad at home, pull-aparts are very good to warm up the shoulders, prevent injuries before workouts if you're doing some dynamic work also. And uh, also, like, if you have some bands and stuff, a lot of rows, upper back rows, stuff like that to warm up. Okay. Hey, I was wondering, is it true that the uh, first rule of CrossFit is to always talk about CrossFit? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started, <laughs> please. Hey, my neighbor. I, have, I, I, I love watching CrossFit. I don't love doing CrossFit. <laughs> All right, just, I'm just kidding. My next door neighbor is a owns a CrossFit <laughs> gym in London, so it's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, too now, funny. Hey, what about this too? I remember um, years ago hearing some people that I mean, I think we know every motocross rider, like I say, is a pretty accomplished cyclist because we just it's good transfer and stuff like that. But I remember someone said that uh, a trainer was telling him that he shouldn't because it tightens up some tightens up your glute, tightens up some other muscles and stuff. But as a as a cross training, would you say cycling is one of the most effective? Yeah, I think cycling is one of the most effective because you can get those heart rates up, especially road cycling, for example, uh, similar to motocross racing. So it's really hard to do it running. And a lot of riders just don't have the right movement patterns to do a lot of running or jogging and all that. So I, I personally think cycling and, for example, rowing. And now we have skiered machines uh, out. So those are really effective. Okay, so let, let's talk about a couple of your uh, a couple of your athletes. I mean, you mentioned uh, Jeremy Mackay is kind of your new up and comer. He's a young kid. I think he just turned seventeen, or is he sixteen? He's so we got a young kid there. What kind of things would you tell a sixteen, seventeen year old kid? Yeah, exactly. So I just started off with Jeremy uh, about a month ago, and uh, he he just went through a first program with me, uh, which was all body weight. So just to really open up uh, his muscles, get his mobility better and uh, get his core stronger too. So that's the first things that we do with some riders in the phase one. And uh, then we go into more complicated exercises, uh, more core training, more resistance, all that. Right, now, I, I don't wanna say he's necessarily fighting genetics, but he's a big kid, he comes from a big, he comes from big stock. So what, I mean, sometimes it's tougher, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 6'3", for example, and it's, it's kind of tough on a bike sometimes to be in the right, like what do you tell the bigger people, like uh, taller and, and bigger in general? Is there something, uh, 
sometimes it's hard to look good on a bike when you're tall. Yeah, that's it. The bikes are not made for uh, <laughs> that tall people, but they adjust. But uh, the, th the thing is with these riders is uh, you got to watch out. They, they don't gain too much muscle or too much weight, especially on a 250, because uh, that's going to kill some horsepower for sure. So we're really watching out like the amount of volume of exercises, but also the resistance that he's using. So it doesn't gain too much uh, muscle, just more power, endurance and explosivity. Okay. Now, now you mentioned Ev Brodeur too. Let's talk, let's move it over to the, you know, the female side of things. Is it different? Is it the same? What do you, what do you do with uh, Ev? Yeah, Ev, uh, I've been training her on Zoom uh, more uh, in private too. So uh, actually working with her uh, a lot of uh, mobility stuff and all that. Uh, loosening up uh, her legs uh, were pretty stiff, but I already see a good progress uh, in the past couple of months that I've been working with her this year and uh, it's been going well. All right, cool. Now I'm trying to build up some hype for the uh, Women's East Series here when we get it going. But uh, Ev, how about a girl like Isabel Thibault won the championship last year in the East? I mean, is Ev going to do, uh, is she coming in fitter than ever? What do you work on, the mental, the fitness, or what do you do there? Yeah, Ev is uh, in pretty good shape right now, and uh, she's going to be pretty hard to beat, that's for sure. Yeah, okay, all right. Okay, so, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, so, like, the bottom line, what should, uh, like, in this kind of weird time, what should someone, okay, someone uh, watches this video and then goes, you know what, okay, it's time I get, I get doing something. What should, uh, what should they do? Get out, uh, well, I guess they should contact you and find out what they should be doing, but uh, get out and just, uh, just don't overdo it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I wanted to mention I have one class that's free uh, every week on my page. It's going to be every Saturday morning. So uh, if people want to join on, it's motofitness underscore QC. And uh, you can join on there. I'll, I'm going to post the new times uh, by tomorrow. But also, uh, if writers just want a, a quick example of how to train and all that, uh, the best thing to do is try to pick and choose like three to five exercises per circuit that you're doing. Keep it pretty simple. Try to work legs a lot, a lot of different angles. Uh, work on side lunges, all that, because a lot of people are tight there and they don't realize you can't just work in the front plane and the in the back plane and uh, also a lot of core exercises. Uh, I love a lot of uh, stability work, uh, one arm planks, uh, a lot of variation of those. So a lot of circuits that I, I make are like based on a lot of exercises, for example, like three leg exercises in a row, which are like variations of lunges, squats or jumps. And then we combine with some core and upper body and circuits uh, too. So it's really full body. Uh, Simulating uh, what happens on the bike too, and uh, also the heart rate goes up pretty high. <laughs> wow! Now none of that sounds like fun, and I know back in my day, sort of thing, we would have been like, uh, "No, I don't think so. I'm just going to go have a cigarette, have a beer, and go do some riding or whatever." But uh, now I think just because of uh, the internet and things like that, people realize they have to do this. So I guess it's easier now to get a young person into doing these crazy, uh, you know, circuit trainings and all this core stuff, right? It's got to be a bit easier these days. Yeah, exactly. With virtual right now, it's the most motivating thing you can do at home because it's hard to, to train alone. You show up in your basement and you're like, you can slack and everything. But if, if you're following something more specific on video or you have a training program, at least it's going to help you stay on point and uh, be more accountable also. Nice, man. So who, hey, uh, what other kind of people do you train any... Uh... Any Olympians or anything like that? You seen anybody go to the Olympics or anything? You know, any uh, other sports? You mentioned a couple, but uh, anything else? Yeah, I've trained a lot of different athletes, uh, NCAA players uh, that play basketball, 
Uh, I've trained a lot of hockey players too, pretty high level, uh, U.S. college level, all that. But a lot of pro riders uh, in motocross and snowcross mostly. Okay. Hey, what do you say to the, uh, there was always the argument about uh, the most fit athletes on the planet. I guess our races have gotten shorter, so it's a bit of a different argument now. But it was always between motocross racers and soccer players. Yeah, I know. I, I, I personally, I, I've played a lot of sports in my life, but nothing to compare to motocross racing because uh, you're, you got to become one with the bike and uh, you're stabilizing the bike the whole race. So there's never any slacking in, in soccer. There's always a little bit of slacking. And uh, also you got to think about the heart rate, the adrenaline levels, and also like just the, the fact that the, the whole body is working like, the whole time to stabilize the bike, you know? Right. Yeah, it's cool. It's always a, it's always a fun conversation to have. And half the people, when you have this conversation, have never even heard of motocross and stuff. They're like, you don't you just sit there and turn the throttle? It's like, yeah, no, you don't. But uh, so you get sick of that argument. I know that for sure over the years. But uh, all right, Jonathan, well, uh, anything else you want to mention before we uh, let you go here? And uh, I appreciate your time here. That's kind of fun. Hopefully a lot of people will watch this, maybe get a hold of you, uh, a hold of you over there at uh, Moto Fitness underscore QC on Instagram. And you're also, what are you, you're uh, JM training on, uh, on Facebook, right? Yeah, exactly. So I have two different pages. Uh, it's uh, JM training underscore MTL. That's my, my, my uh, main page. And uh, that's on Instagram. And there's JM training Montreal on Facebook. But I mostly use Moto Fitness underscore QC for writers because it's more specific to writers. And uh, I can really like, I'm trying to create a community also of just motocross preparation and uh, snowcross and uh, endurocross riders too. All right. Well, you've motivated me. I think I'm going to go do some burpees, maybe some sit ups, and uh, <laughs> definitely the side to side lunges to work on those adductors because that's amazing. That was like a light bulb going off when you said that. So that's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, for sure. So it's just, always trying to equilibrate your training and uh, work everything, you know, like you can't just work your shoulders, do push-ups. You have to work your upper back, your stabilizers, your core, your sides, especially your oblique. I, I wanted to specify also a lot of riders neglect uh, oblique training and uh, more precisely oblique slings. So oblique slings really control the way your core reacts and your balance and all that. So a lot of exercises are very important for uh, like to do like core rotation stuff and all that. And a lot of people neglect that. So that's very important to do. Can I hold like a, a broom handle and do this or a hockey stick? Yeah, you could, but um, there is a lot of other exercises that I, I, I would, I would maybe change, uh, not change, but uh, for example, like uh, use instead of that, there's a classic Russian twist uh, people do. But also uh, think about anti-rotation exercises. So for example, one of my favorite exercises I, I want you to, people to try, and it's really great one. Uh, you grab like just a dumbbell or a kettlebell and you hold into a hollow body position and you engage your core and you just do like a one arm press, for example, and your core is gonna go on fire for sure. You know? So like these exercises are the money makers uh, for sure. Okay, well, that's cool. Hopefully uh, some people will look at that. I know it's, it's, I don't know, sometimes these things you just need to be shown what to do and stuff like that. And it's kind of fun to, they're actually kind of fun to do different because I know a ton of people aren't at home doing that stuff. That's, you know what I mean? A lot of people, oh, no, I'm going to go do some bench press, work on my uh, triceps. <laughs> exactly. Like people like go to more classic stuff, but uh, that's where we, we come out with like more uh, like uh, core exercises or stuff that's going to solicit like a lot more functional strength and uh, core activation. 
right? I think a lot of people go to the, you know, a, a gym to do some of the uh, show muscle stuff. But like you say, the group, like your Zoom thing and stuff like that, for doing stuff that, uh, to be honest, isn't exactly fun sometimes. It's a lot of work doing all these exercises you're talking about. So the group atmosphere will actually help motivate you, right? So, I mean, that's a really, really key thing right now. No, exactly. A lot of writers uh, have jumped in and a lot of new ones uh, lately and they just, they, they love it because it's, uh, it's always a good variety of exercises and also the, that intensity, you, you can't get it uh, by doing it on your own. That's for sure. All right, man. Well, that's really cool. And is this, if you join in on Zoom, are we going to see you in this garage here? Yeah, exactly. So you're going to feel like you're in my garage gym. Uh, some people uh, think they're like, you feel like they're in a gym when you're doing my class. So it's pretty effective. Hey, what would say someone joins? Do they need kettlebells or they need some low weights? What do they need? Yeah, exactly. They just, uh, I've been mostly training riders with, uh, I only use like one kettlebell mostly. Sometimes a few more accessories like bands, but uh, if you only have like one kettlebell or one weight, uh, that's pretty effective. Or else uh, I have some riders even just using a, like a detergent jug uh, full of water or they fill up with sand or rocks and they use it like as a kettlebell. Okay, that's, that's good to know, yeah, because not everybody has kettlebells. So, like what, like a five to eight pounder kind of thing? or? Uh... Uh, for example, for I, I suggest for uh, people that are, are pretty used to training, a little bit of experience for, for guys, maybe start with a, a couple of kettlebells, maybe a, a 20 or a 25, and a 30 and a 40, for example. That's, that's going to open into a lot of exercises. For girls, maybe a 15-pound kettlebell, you can do a lot of work maybe 20, 25 if the, if the girl's stronger, but uh, you don't want it to be too heavy also. Well, yeah, well, now I'm embarrassed. I said five or eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit light. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, well, Jonathan, uh, yes. thank you very much for taking the time, man. That was, uh, hopefully that uh, was eye-opening to some people. Uh, hopefully it'll help some people get motivated. Hopefully you'll see some more people on your Zoom thing. People can show up on their, the free one, like you mentioned, go check them out. Uh, do you want to thank anyone while we got you here? Or do you want to uh, end it there? How you, what do you think? Yeah, I just want to thank all the writers that uh, put in confidence in me in the past few years. Uh, I, I love what I do because I used to race and uh, motocross is still uh, my first sport, my passion. So I just love training writers. Uh, thanks to Jeremy Mackay, brother, uh, Loic Lernard, all these pro writers, uh, Max Typher, Pat Tudor years also. I just want to say thanks because uh, with, with those guys and those girls, uh, it, it makes me gain experience with writers and uh, it makes me want to push even more. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thank you very much. Like I say, thanks for taking the time. Thanks to Scott Sports Canada, Mika Sport Canada for uh, getting behind uh, this uh, Zoom video interview. Uh, thank you very much, man. And uh, good luck. I got to go uh, change into my sweats and uh, get to work here, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I get to work. <laughs> yes. All right, buddy. Thank you very much. Pleasure, man. Bye-bye. Yes. Goodbye.